it's time for a change. Enough is enough. Good morning. Already got me emotional. <laughs> Welcome to Mercy Found Sunday, where we are committed as a church body to bring light into the darkness, to celebrate life, to celebrate adoption, to celebrate foster care, to celebrate families, to celebrate mothers who are struggling. We are committed to that because God is committed to that. It's one of our favorite Sundays, one of my favorite Sundays, and it's quickly becoming many, one of your favorite Sundays throughout the whole year. This is the 15th year where us as a church have celebrated what we now call Mercy Found Sunday. But it didn't start 15 years ago. It actually started 20 years ago when Jen and I lived in Ohio and she came to me, uh, and me meaning very poor because our family didn't have the money to adopt and said, God, I believe with all my heart that God has called us to adopt a child. And I said, lady, you are a great lady, but you have lost your cotton picking mind, right? And I, I blew her off, and she started to pray for my hard heart. And over the next six to eight months, 
God took me on a journey where he put a half Nelson on me and stomped on my chest and said, you will adopt a child. And I gave up. I said, you pin me. You win. And I came to her one morning and told her my conclusion. <laughs> and she just said, I told you so, right? With great pride. She said, I told you so. And uh, the result of that is my daughter who's watching this morning, an 18-year-old freshman in college, who is delightful in every way, profoundly gifted, but more than that, her life was worth giving a family to. So, yes, this is personal to me. And I'll just put cards on the table, and that is, I want to make it personal to you. (laughs) I want to transfer that to you in some way, form, or fashion, because I believe it is, it is godly to do that, that God does that through others in different ways. So it is with a great pleasure this morning, and I ask you to engage and ask God to speak to you. Here's some encouraging news as we bring light into the darkness of our world. In 2009, Orphan Sunday was celebrated in two countries. In 2018, It is celebrated in over 90 countries worldwide. God is doing a mighty work in this area through and in in and through his people. So it's great pleasure that I bring to you Emily Henry this morning who leads our Mercy Found ministry. Give Emily a hand. Well, good morning. I am so happy to be with you this morning and Jeff has got us all emotional, so I hope I can work through that and 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 say what it is that God has for you all this morning. Um, every November, Fellowship Bible Church takes the, a Sunday to talk about God's heart for orphaned and vulnerable children, and we know that God's heart for the orphan does not change, and I hope that it is an encouragement to you that Fellowship Bible Churches, even in this year, as Toby talked about, that this this year has been a year full of changes, full of open-handedness and willing to to do whatever needs to be done, that Fellowship Bible Church's heart for the orphan is unchanged. Um, God has been faithful. Um, As Jeff was talking about Orphan Sunday growing, and God is faithful to grow our vision and our understanding of orphan care over those years, expanded it hugely. Um, But at the heart of this Sunday for Fellowship Bible Church is adoption. Um, My youngest, my Ellie, was born in China, and she is 16 now. She came home when she was 14 months old from um, Jiawu, China. It is a tiny little city in China. And I also have two nieces who were born in China. And so for the Henry family, international adoption is just how people grow their families. Um, But international adoption is not the only way to adopt. Um, There's domestic adoption. You can do private adoption domestically. You can go through an agency. There is fostering to adopt out of the foster care system. 
and there is embryo adoption. And so as you prayerfully consider how it is that God is asking you, just as he commands all of us as his children, how he is asking you to step into making the difference in the life of a child, um, if adoption is where you are feeling led, my first step, I encourage you, is to go on to Realm, to the Mercy Found page, and there's a file under there with current fa fellowship families who have adopted in all of those different ways and foster families and contact them. That would be a great first step um, to, to do. So we also talk about foster care. In the United States, there are over 400,000 children in the foster care system. 50, about 50,000 of those are adopted out. An interesting statistic, and Jeff and Monty, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, there are over 300,000 churches in America. Is that, is that about right? I think so that I got, that's the information that I got. So um, keep that statistic in mind. Um, when you think about not every child, not all of those 400,000 children in the foster care system are waiting to be adopted, but every one of them needs the nurture and love of a family. And so you may be that for that child for 24 hours in an, in an emergency fostering situation or for 24 days, or you may grow your family through adopting through the foster care system. But however you wanted to, however you wanted to do that, the steps would look exactly the same. You would go through DCS, become a foster parent, and move into it that way. All of that information is out at the table, and we have families here who have fostered who would be willing to talk to you about that. Um, also on your on your handout, there are there's uh, orphan care and family preservation. Those two things really go side by side. When we talk about God growing our understanding of orphan care, um, those are that's the place where God has grown our understanding. When we think about orphan care, we often think. Um, sponsorship, and it is sponsorship, but it's also much bigger than that. Um, I want to encourage you, if you go to no other website, go to CAFO.org, Christian Alliance for Orphans. It is a fantastic website with more information than you could possibly want. And what God is doing is that as we sponsor places, we want to be sure that those places where we are sponsoring children and families, that those ministries are moving toward a family care model. God globally is, is changing the hearts, even of governments and countries where you wouldn't expect that to be happening, moving that towards out of an institutionalized care into a family care model, and that is the best environment for any child is a family. And so you want to be sure that as you're, as you're doing sponsorship, that those ministries and organizations that you're using are moving toward that model. We live in a broken world, and we understand that institutional care will always be necessary. But as we move away, as we, as we walk alongside families, 
that number of children who would need that can be smaller and smaller. Making those institutions be able to be run in a more Christian way and fewer of them. And so I encourage you to go to CAFO.org and find ministries on there. If you were with us years ago and you got a Food for the Hungry Child, I hope that you still have them. We got Maribel and she was about this tall and now she's a lovely young lady who's my height. Um, and we also have Antonia, who is our compassion child. So my husband and I don't sponsor Antonia and Maribel. Rather, we sponsor them in their families. And sometimes our money goes to their community where they are working to preserve families in that community. And so on your paper, family preservation, what, what we've done on that list for today is I, we've highlighted just local um, organizations right here in Murfreesboro who are working with family preservation, with single moms, m women and children who have found themselves homeless and unplanned pregnancies. Um, and so if, as you pray, you feel like that is where God is leading you, I encourage you to reach out to those places, um, to those organizations also. And then we have our Mercy Found Wraparound. And Mercy Found Wraparound is where you may or may not adopt or foster, but you want to come alongside those families who are doing that. And so we have been able to pray and take food to foster families and adoptive families. The vision for that could be so huge, and I encourage you, if that's where you felt led, contact me. I would love to hear your vision for that as well. And then finally, we all can pray, and I hope that orphaned and vulnerable children are already part of your prayer, and if they aren't, I encourage you to make them part of that time that you spend talking to God throughout the day. Um, I want to ask specifically that you would keep our waiting families right now at Fellowship in your prayers. Um, you're going to hear from, in just a minute, the Snows, Christian and Megan, and Parker and Ashley Deal. You're going to get to hear their stories. You'll get to hear God's story of their lives in just a bit. And then we also have um, Julian John Doko are still waiting. You're going to get an update from them. And their son, Quincy, is in China. They are still waiting. Everything is finished, and they're just waiting to get over there and bring their little man home. And so I ask that you would keep them in your prayers, keep all three of those families um, out at the table. And on the thing in front of you, you have some things on ways that you can come alongside the dills and the snows. And I encourage you to do that. I also wanted to highlight real quickly Honduras. Honduras is, they have had a hurricane, several hurricanes recently. And we have a member here at church who works with an organization called PorlosNinos.org. And it is um, a residential home for orphaned and vulnerable children. And they are working toward family preservation and a family care model. Um, they are all accounted for and safe, but unfortunately in Honduras, as of last night, there are over 100,000 people unaccounted for. And so that is exactly the kind of situation where children could become part of that number. And so I ask that you would keep them in your prayers um, as you carry these children to, um, 
to the Lord. So I, I'm excited for you all to hear from um, the snows and the deals, and I hope that you will prayerfully consider how it is that God wants you to be the light and to make the difference in a life of a child. Come out to the, de to the table outside. I have some booklets if you want to dig in deeper to any of that and lots of information on my table. Thanks. Yes, you can clap. Uh, thank you, uh, Emily. I am uh, I am grateful for your leadership. Our church is grateful for your long-term faithfulness uh, in this area. Every church needs uh, leaders to to lead in this way if things are to get done. Secondly, uh, whether you're at home or here, this is a crucial piece of information, just in terms of. Uh, where to go, how you can be a part, a lot of options, a lot of information, a lot of great websites, so use that. And I, I did not say in the beginning uh, of uh, when I talked a few minutes ago that we've had over 30 families actually adopt children uh, since we started Mercy Found, so very uh, delighted to see the response there, really fun. So in light of that, let me bring up two couples, as Emily said, uh, Parker and Ashley Deal, and Christian and Megan Snow. If you guys could come on up. Yes, give them a hand for sure. So we're going to let the men stand and the women sit. Let's spread out just a little bit here. And there you go. Six feet. Six feet, right? Okay. Well, delighted to have you guys. And, uh, Let's just, we want to hear your story, we want to hear what God's been doing, and, uh, and, and here's what I know. I know ad adoption, we think it, of it sometimes as an event, but it's really not an event, it's a process. So it's a process just to make a decision. So I, you've heard a little bit of how Jen and I came to our decision. How in the world did you come to this decision to bring another person's child into your home forever. Like, I don't know if there's a bigger decision this side of heaven, you know, after certainly coming to Christ, but how, how did the Lord bring you to that? We'll start with the deals because D starts before S. Okay, that's, let's that's do that. That's true, it sure does. Um, yeah, that's a great question. It's, uh, adoption has been something that's been on Ashley's heart, specifically since she was just a kid for no particular reason that we can figure out. <laughs> um, but it's something since we were dating, she uh, just shared with me that adoption is something that's really important. She um, tried to work with some adoption agency kinds of things, show hope among others. And, um, but it was always something that I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Like once we've had some kids, you know, maybe we'll adopt, I guess, or something. Um, and that's kind of how it was. We, we've been married almost six years now. Um, and that's how it was for a long time. Um, and it's still like even the first part of that is have, in my mind was having kids and then we'd adopt afterwards. And it never quite felt like God was calling us to have kids for some reason or another, even though we'd been married for a number of years. Um, and like we, yeah. And then long story short, all of a sudden, Coming into Mercy Found Sunday last year, so a year ago today-ish, you know, roughly however dates work, um, I found out it was Mercy Found Sunday on the way walking in, and I was like, oh, man, well, this is it. This is how it happens. Uh <laughs> That's why we do it. <laughs> Some of y'all going to get busted today, all right? Yeah, and, and just through the process of 
Mercy Found Sunday, for some reason, it changed from being a backlined plan B to this is the like active plan A. Um, and so we went out to nukes after that because you could go to places um, back in those days. It was a wonderful time. And Ash, we talked about, Ashley was like, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I think we should adopt. And I was like, uh-huh, yep. We sure, we sure should. So, uh, yeah, and that was it. You had a better response than I did. <laughs> there were years of complacency before it, and then, yeah. you know, that was <laughs> awesome. worked out. So, yeah. Good. You want to add anything to that, or are you good? I'm good. Okay, well, next question. <laughs> how about you guys? How did you, how did you get to the, yeah, you can grab one of those. That's perfect. Thank you. How did you get to this place in the process? Well, Megan, can you hear me? We got it? Okay. Well, Megan and I have been in process uh, now for a year and a half or so, about a year and a half. And uh, both of us had had adoption in our hearts even before we were married. We had decided that that was a path we both wanted to go down. And like Parker and Ashley, we figured we would end up, you know, having a couple of kids of our own, two, three, whatever, and adopt one or two. And um, that was kind of the, the plan. And the reality is, is I grew up with the Henrys as our next door neighbors and Carrie and Trav as well, just the Pattons, growing up with the Patton boys, adoption was all around me, and I uh, got to see the gift that each of those children was in each of those families, and so that was a path that I had wanted to go down for a very long time, and uh, so when kind of talking with Megan about that, came to the same conclusion that she too wanted to do that, so we knew we would do that, and uh, so that's been a really cool deal, um, and again, that was that was plan B, like them, and you know, that it was, as we've, we've, we've tried and uh, had some issues there, and realized that you know, God had a different plan for us, and at this point in time, that's, that's where we're headed, and we're excited, and happy to continue on this path, so. Yep. <laughs> All right. Hey, I think you covered everything on that question. Good. So, so just a clarifying question. I think sometimes uh, those out there are typically couples are maybe struggling to have a child on their own, so they go to quote-unquote plan B, and Obviously, the Lord is sort of saying that's plan A right, right now, right. right? But with you guys, just so we can pray and have a little more context, is there struggle there? Where are you guys at with sort of, you know, birthing your own child? Yeah, that's again? something that we, we still talk about. Like, at this point, adoption is very much we're putting a lot of energy into it. It's the thing that we're doing right now. Um, but we don't know <laughs> specifically, like we haven't gone to any doctors or whatever, to where, like, we could still potentially have a kid of our own, um, but we also don't know, and it might not specifically be easy, but um, yeah, that's something, you know, now that, I guess that's our plan B, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in yeah, some yeah. weird it's... ways, but I don't know, do you have anything more specific to say? No. Nope. Cool. <laughs> hey, Ashley, you're doing good, you're doing good, you're doing good. I can, I can actually add on to this, so yeah. Christian and I were, we were going down the path to start our own family, and we were kind of at a crossroads, like, okay, this isn't happening, so do we go the fertility route, or do we go adoption? We know we want to adopt at some point, and so after some prayer on that, we just kind of were like, okay, God's calling us to adopt right now, and if we have kids of our own, we have kids of our own, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, we would love for that to be part of our story at some point, but but for now, we, this, is, mm -hmm. this is where God has called us, so. You know, I appreciate you sharing that. I I know personally so many families who sort of came to the same place you guys are at that, you know, they're trying to have kids. It didn't happen. So God 
flips the script and makes plan B, plan A, etc. And, and they go and adopt. And actually, when they're in the process of, of adopting or the baby comes home, within a few months, they find themselves with child. So we're going to pray that specifically for both of you. How about that? That's good too. Great stuff. You, you know. Surprise uh, twins, you know. Yeah. So you can blame me when you're tired, really tired, right? We will be. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's, uh, adoption is, is really another way for us to trust the Lord with his story for our lives. So in light of that, uh, here's what I know because we adopted and you're learning. And that is adoption, as I said, is a six-month process, a 12-month process, sometimes a year or two process. So where right now are you guys in that process? Like you start the work. Where are you in that? I'll let you guys go first. Yeah, so we are matched, actually. We just found out a couple of weeks ago that we're... <laughs> um, but we have sometime in December to January, we will have a little baby. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you know, we started about a year and a half ago, and we found out about this uh, particular deal about maybe a month ago and uh, maybe a little bit over that, and our information got with the birth mother, and she took a few weeks to decide, obviously a very large decision, and uh, very grateful for her decision, but that was a uh, couple weeks, and then a couple weeks ago, we got matched, so, and we got to meet her, and it was awesome, really, really cool. Boy, girl, do you know? We're fairly certain little girl. Uh, still a little bit of a question, but we haven't had anything concrete, but we're pretty positive it's a little girl. <laughs> You for sure need another woman in your life, brother. <laughs> They'll change a man yeah. more than anything, right? That's awesome. How about you guys? Where are you in the process? Yeah. Um, we are um, home study approved, and now we're just... Wait, define that. Home, what um, was that word again? Home study. Home study approved for... Give that some legs. So when you decide you're going to adopt, you have to go through home studies, um, and you can do that through an agency, or you can do it through... There's some organizations that just... That's all they do is home studies. Um, and that's a whole thing. Um, it's a lot of paperwork, and then you have a social worker come to your house and kind of talk to you and interview you and kind of just make sure that you're good to go and to have a child. Um, and you usually do two of those. We did two. Um, and then it takes two or three weeks for them to write it up. But then once you get it, it's like your stamp of approval, and you can kind of start um, applying for so you're situations. there. Okay, yes. good. So now we're just in the fundraising and applying stage. So we um, are sent birth mother situations by our social worker, um, kind of telling us her story as much as they know. And then we look at it and say like, yeah, we're, that's, we're into that. Can you show us to her? And then she kind of looks over mm -hmm. all those adoptive families' profiles and makes the decision. So mm. You're in a good place. Both of you yeah. in a great place. Have a match and then you're ready. So, We're ready. You know, that's uh, that home study approved. Jen and I had a, a social worker come to our house. Our boys were wild as wild could be. And so we send them outside because we know if they're around them long, they're not going to give us another child, yeah. right, at that stage. And as we're having this interview, the social worker looks outside and sees this 18 
three-story tower I had built for our boys, and I hadn't put sides on it yet, and they're launching off the middle <laughs> second, second show, and she says, is that yours? And Jenna's kicking me on the table like, don't tell her, and I'm like, yeah, she's making notes. So we were in question for a while, right? Yeah. That's delightful. <laughs> I love that. Um, and you guys are using an agency, correct? What, what agency is that? Well, we actually didn't end up going with an agency at the end. We had been kind of working with adoption assistance for a while. This particular case actually came to us from a, uh, a friend of a friend. And, okay, uh, okay. So, so you were with an agency, and then someone said, hey, there's a mother, has a child, thinking adoption. That's right. So what a, a great choice for the mother. Mm -hmm. You know, she's feeling stress, and then I love what you said. The mother, actually, you make this family book about mm -hmm. who you are as a family, and the mother gets that book and looks through all these books and says, I want that family. And what we know from our story is Joelle's mother looked at that book and said, I want her to have those three older brothers to take care of. How about that? So that's powerful stuff. And you see God sort of making all that happen. All right, let's wrap up a couple quick questions. One is, um, Man, adoption, as we've all seen, we've felt emotions in here this morning, and I'm sure you guys have felt, <laughs> I mean, emotions up and down. What would you say quickly is your greatest fear, bringing another person's child into your home, and yet your greatest excitement? So sort of the, the fear and what you're most looking forward to. I think our answer is pretty... Uh, easy. The greatest excitement is just for it to happen at all. <laughs> and the greatest fear is that it doesn't, you know, um, or I'm like, it's definitely, it, it's God's plan. It's going to happen, but it's one of those like, I'm false hope. That's a big fear that like, there's been a number of times that seem kind of promising situations where it's like, this might be one that actually, you know, might work out and then it doesn't. Um, and that's just, you know, especially like we operate differently. Ashley lives a lot more out of her heart and I live more out of my brain. So that's hard to watch how hard that is for Ashley, especially mm. um, to get attached to that. And then, so I think that's probably the biggest fear is just that it'll, yeah, just be hard in the process for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're excited anyway, too. So sure. No, that's great. How about you guys? Let me get home. <clears throat> so for, <laughs> for a, for us, I think the biggest fear is that something might happen with this particular case. Like Parker said, I mean, things, nothing is final until, I mean, the birth mother in the state of Tennessee has 72 hours uh, after they've signed a paper to change their mind. And so there is a very real piece that, you know, this may not end up how God actually wants us to go. And the re maybe the, the growth was just in the journey of this particular path. So that's definitely our biggest fear. It doesn't look to be the case in this, this time. Uh, it has happened, and it, and it can happen. And, you know, there's a whole lot of growth that happens internally and in your marriage and it's, a, it's actually been a really neat journey. Not an easy one, but a really neat journey. Um, so that's, that's kind of our biggest fear is that maybe this doesn't work out. But so that's where we're at now. Mm. And for biggest excitement, I would just say we're just, we're thrilled. We are so grateful to be a part of a church that has so many adoptive families to walk alongside us so that our child specifically, we know we'll never have to wonder like, well, this person doesn't know what it's like to be adopted because there are so many mm -hmm. families here specifically mm -hmm. that have adopted and so they will be able to relate and um, and just just having a child for um, God's kingdom to grow in God's kingdom. So we're, mm -hmm. we're thrilled to. 
And we'd have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Well, you know, we're going to pray for you guys at the end for sure. Uh, like anything, uh, this adoption process is something where the Lord forces us to trust him, that he knows better than we do, that he is in control. And uh, so we're going to pray for you to those in uh, at the end of our service this morning. Uh, lastly, adoption is not cheap. Uh, kids are not cheap. Can I get an amen out there? Right? Amen. And, but I, I'm, I'm on that last one, so I'm about to be, uh, have more money than I used to have, that's for sure. But, uh, but so adoption, it, it, it's, it's, it costs money. So where are you guys right now? Like, what do you need and where are you in terms of the monies needed to finalize the adoption? Just quickly. Yeah, I mean, long story short, the adoption cost per situation, like per actual baby born, really varies wildly. But like a, a conservative estimate is like $35,000 is like that's, you know, could be how much it is for a domestic adoption. Um, so we've actually raised 25000 of that so far, which is amazing. Um, and like one of the things, we had a yard sale here at church. Uh, a couple uh, month and a half ago or so, and raised two thousand dollars just through that, which was amazing. That was thanks to Ashley's family here as well, and lots of people in the church given things to be able to sell and stuff. So yeah, that's where we're at, and it's really exciting. We've got a long way to go, but yeah. great. Okay, how about you guys, real quick? We're in the same kind of stage here. We're in the final pieces, but the reality is, is not everything has been nailed down. So I'm, uh, in this particular case, being a private adoption, it may not be as much, which is fantastic. But uh, and Megan's been able to make some, she's got a cool website. I think it's on the bulletin. She's been making a lot of earrings and doing a fantastic job um, and has spent quite a bit of time and effort. And uh, that's really doing well. So that's one of the major ways that we've been fundraising and, uh, and friends and family around us. So, so we still have some needs. Left. We do still have needs, okay. yes. Well, I'm going to buy earrings for every woman <laughs> in my life. Heck, I may start wearing earrings for a season. <laughs> Several pairs. I'd like to see that. Right? They, I ain't they look good on you. I ain't scared. <laughs> Give them a hand. Great job. Thank you so much. What a delight to hear their stories and hear context so we can, uh, we can certainly uh, pray for them. Well, let me take a few minutes this morning just to continue to talk about uh, adoption, foster care, children, life, families, mothers. Uh, you and I know that it is no secret that we live in a world and country that has a worldview of godlessness. And it's because it is godless, it is anti-life. And we as God's people are called to, to swim upstream against that godliness, to, to swim upstream and fight against that godliness and that dark worldview. Uh, with, we, how do we fight? We fight on our knees. We fight with words, um, godly holy, respectful, but truthful words, and we fight with our actions and our choices. Mercy Found Sunday is really about equipping, continuing to equip our body in how to do just that. And one of the most godly, godless things that sticks out in our world and culture like a sore thumb is abortion. 
Now, as I say that this morning, whether it's women here, whether it's women who hear this eventually, whether it's women at listening to this, I want you to know that it, uh, many times that just that word, women who now know Christ, who in a difficult situation made that difficult decision, shame can, can just flow over them. I have spoken to those women. And to you women, I say, and more importantly, God says to you, Romans 8.1, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus says to you, just as he said to the woman caught in adultery, the very act of adultery, John 8 tells us, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Or in Romans 5.20, where Paul says, where sin increased, grace increased more when we know Christ so we serve a God who loves godless sinners so much that he gave his son to pay for their sin, even for the sin of abortion. So I want you to wallow in his grace afresh and new of this morning. And that should be all of our attitudes toward anyone who has gone through that. But speaking of that, we have to speak of these realities in the church because the scriptures do. And so I show you a picture here of a nine-week-old baby. Man, the technology now allows us to see very clearly what it looks like for a baby in the womb. This baby has all its essential body parts. All of its joints can flex. Its tooth buds are developing. There are four chambers of this baby's heart that have formed. This baby is an inch long, but still has earlobes and a little nub for a nose. Absolutely incredible. And Psalms 139 tells us that it is God. It is God who is knitting that life in the womb of his mother. And yet our world's, our world's response to that is to kill 2,363 people of these preborn children every day. It is the leading cause of death in the United States. And 1%, many times the argument is, well, women get raped, and less than 1% of all abortions are done because the baby was conceived in rape. Matter of fact, through a huge statistical study that I'll pass on the details, but the culmination of it tells us 97% of all abortions are done out of convenience and comfort. In our selfish, sin-wrecked world, the most important value is me. Late-term abortions are not rare, as the narrative in our world would tell you. In New York City alone, 1,247 children at 21 weeks were killed in late-term abortions in 2017. Planned Parenthood, the number one abortion provider in this country and I think worldwide, continues to receive $616 million from our government as of 2019. 
And Amy Comey Barrett, the recent Supreme Court nominee who is pro-life, was demonized throughout our culture for one reason, that she was pro-life. And that's not a political statement. That's a biblical truth that she's pro-life. That's biblical, but that is a response of our culture. Make no mistake, we live in a godless culture that fights tooth and nail for the very thing that God despises. The world's answer in response to unwanted pre-born children is to murder them. God's response is to give them life. We, you do see that these responses are polar opposites. They are night and day. As God's people, we say with tooth and nail, with grit, with passion, with righteous anger, we say we choose life. We choose life for the baby. We choose life for the child. We choose life for the mother. So again, I am thankful that at Fellowship Bible Church and many other churches like us, we fight for adoption and foster care and orphans and crisis, crisis pregnancy centers and stepping stones that help. It's a ministry that helps mothers who are struggling with children. Supporting life is really something close to God's heart. Matter of fact, if you do a, a quick Google search on these words, you'll find this. Uh, if you search the Bible from front to back, you'd notice there's three groups of people that come up again and again and again that shows God's heart toward them. It is the orphan, the widow, and the stranger. God, through the Old Testament and New, is for those. So how do we... It's overwhelming to think of all the needs out there. And so I, I want to help us eat this elephant one bite at a time. Our goal, our role here at Little Fellowship Bible Church is to do for a few what we wish we could do for all. <laughs> to be faithful in the little so that God may make us faithful in the much. Today, Emily mentioned this, in the U.S., 400,000 children in the foster care system. There are 129,000 of those waiting to be adopted right now. So if, if only half the churches in America had one family adopt one child, those 129,000 would be, it'd be eradicated. It'd be zero right now. It is doable. More than one-third of Americans have seriously considered adopting, but no more than 2% have actually taken the next step to adopt. Only 4% of families with children in the U.S. contain an adopted child. Folks, there is room to grow here, would you say? Yes. With this many orphans, we have, yes, a monumental task but a great challenge to really practice what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote in James 1.27 when he said, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. 
What is it? What is it that would make us tackle this task? What is it that would motivate us to look at the challenge of children needing homes and go after it to make it happen? I do believe, there's many things, but I do believe the number one is is that we as Christ followers will move horizontally towards the orphan and the widow to the degree we fully get and understand how God has moved vertically toward us. Let me say that again. I believe the one thing that will drive us to go, meaning actually adopt a child ourselves, or to give, to write checks to, to fund adoptions and, and needs in this area, or to serve in some tangible way, the number one thing will be when you and I get how God has moved vertically toward us in Christ so that we may move horizontally toward others in that same grace. Here's what Paul writes in Ephesians 1.5. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That's God's move toward us vertically. From him to us. And it is that kind of grace and love that makes you and I, look, it puts shoe leather. (laughs) We move our feet. We move out horizontally. It is one of the most profound truths of all of Scripture. Think about this, that before the dawning of human history, before the universe came into existence by the spoken word of God, God marked us out for adoptions as sons and daughters through Christ. Vertical adoption precedes all human history. Vertical adoption models and motivates us to participate in horizontal adoption. When James wrote the verse that I just read, we are to visit orphans and widows in distress, that is really the whole story of the entire Bible. That God visiting us in our affliction and distress to deliver us from it. That's how, that's how close our adoption vertically is to us adopt horizontally. So our passion for orphan care comes from knowing God's own passion for us when we were yet orphans. I love how the writer of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews 12 too. It says, look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, did you get that? Who for the joy, <laughs> who for the passion and joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It is out of Jesus' joy for us that we with great joy Endure whatever difficulty may come, (laughs) and they will come. Our own birth children bring great difficulty. Can I have an amen? We brought great difficulty to our families. 
So we, with great joy, we bring in another child that will bring great difficulty financially, emotionally, bonding, and we work through all of those, all of those, and giving that child a family. And in doing so, I can attest to you, it will bring you great joy. Jen and I have said many times, when we die, <laughs> when we die and leave this earth, looking back, we cannot think of a better decision. Obviously, God's fuel decision than bringing a child into our home, this blessed girl, Joelle. The joy has been unspeakable. So, the practical realities are we are brought spiritually into a new family, God's family. When that happens, when the spiritual or vertical adoption happens, God changes who we are and what we receive. We're no longer children of wrath, but children of mercy. We're no longer sort of out of sorts with God, but we're seated at his table. So vertical adoption motivates horizontal adoption because when we adopt, we imitate what our Father has done for us in Christ. One writer put it this way, adoption is not infertility correction. Adoption is great commission faithfulness. Boy, I love that. Now, here's what I know. Some of you are going, Jeff, we're 62 years old. <laughs> nah, bro. Well, Abraham did it at 90-something, right? So... <laughs> God does not call every Christian to adopt, but I would say to you that every Christian should ask God if he wants them to adopt, and every Christian should care for orphans in some way. As I said, go or give or serve. A church body that rallies around orphans is the church body that rallies around the gospel. John Piper says, when the culture of adoption is flourishing at a church, it means that people are looking to their heavenly father for their joy and embracing the stress and cost of children instead of trying to maximize their freedom and comforts. And embracing both the pain and joy of children makes the worth of Christ shine more brightly. So... Uh, this morning, we have one more couple. Last year, we heard from They are still waiting for their child in China. I want to give you a little update on them as we wrap this up this morning. Well, I am sitting here with uh, good friends and members of Fellowship Bible Church, John and Julie Doko. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Obviously, it's Mercy Found Sunday. And last year, we did a little bit of a focus with you guys in terms of where you were with your son, Quincy, uh, from China. So why don't you remind us a little bit of how Quincy sort of became yours, you know, in terms of the backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, we've been on about a, a near four-year journey. On, uh, well, I am sitting here with uh, good friends and members of Fellowship Bible Church, John and Julie Doko, how are you guys doing? We're doing great, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us.
we need to hit eject, Kevin? Let me just let me just wrap up. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Bottom line is, uh, we need to pray for them. Everything is set. God has provided every bit of their finances recently through a grant, so they have no needs there. They just need us to pray that things will open up because of COVID, and they can go to China and bring Quincy home. They have persevered. They have prayed. This church has rallied around them. We are delighted for them, and so. Uh, I have some takeaways for you this morning. One is to pray for these three couples, okay? To pray for your own heart. How will I go and get a baby myself? How will I give to support this work in a numerous different ways? And how I may come and serve in a tangible ministry of, of life-giving, godly ministry. So I want you to do that. We have a booklet. Uh, left my booklet Thank. I'm going to step down here. We're not too slick to forget things, are we, folks? For those of you who your heart has been pricked, you're at least curious that, hey, we may want to bring a child in our home. We have, for the first time, created a mercy found resource guide that is, folks, this is about as comprehensive as you can get. One of the frustrating things and things that scared Jen and I from nearly not adopting is, where do you start? Where do you go? What does it look like? What is the process like? How much does it cost? Uh, you know, et cetera. How do you raise funds? Everything you can think of. Who can we trust? Who can we can't trust? This booklet has it for you. Emily will have this at the table. So for those of you who are like, man, we need to, we need to at least pray and get on, uh, consider this. This is a great resource for you. Secondly, uh, uh, it'll be on RAM later and sewn your seats, a little blue card with the websites to the deals and the snows. Uh, as Megan said, she's making earrings there. They've been selling those and using the profit for uh, their finances. There's also a link where you can just give on both of those. So as the Lord uh, prompts you, those are very tangible ways you can help them sort of finish this thing out and get down the road. So make sure you... you uh, you see those, and again, I'll be putting those on RAM uh, later today. Uh, thirdly, a place to serve. We do stepping stones once a month here, two nights a month, to these moms who have had children. Praise God, they chose to keep their children, but they're in very precarious situations. Um, our community groups typically serve these women here. Uh, see Kimberly Waldron, certainly see Monty. Uh, plenty of places to serve there. And then lastly, I thought this was so cool. This is a picture a few years ago that Lisa Browning, a member of our church, did. And um, it's, a, it's a picture of adoption. I can't see, You can't see it, can you? Wow. See it back there so it won't show. Anyway, go out to the table. She created this, and, and you can't see it, but when you do see it, Emily, you can explain to them the significance. It's really the hand of Christ there, the nail in his hand. You'll see all that, but it, it's an adoption picture. We have one hanging in our home, and uh, Lisa has given up the license to this. So uh, for $40, you can purchase this. It's like an 8 by 10 and, and you'll get it framed yourself. We'll print those for you. It's a way both to have a, a sort of a reminder of God's heart of adopting us, a beautiful artwork, and also to support 
the deals in the snows. We'll half that money and, um, and give it to them. So check that out at the table if you would. Stand with me this morning. And uh, I just want to pause for a minute. And I want you to just, uh, in your own hearts, silently to the Lord, Lord, help me to know my next right step. This is an all-hands-on-deck ministry, ministry to, for life. So take a minute to ask that question as music plays in the background. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. First and foremost, we are grateful for your vertical adoption of us in Christ, for those of us who know you. I pray that you would take that truth and you would, you would put gas on it and light a new fire in us about your great love for us in Christ despite of us. That you brought us into your very family. You made us your own children, your sons and your daughters. What a privilege it is. And we don't have to live in shame and hide under the table. We, we have a prominent seat at the table of the God of the universe because of Christ's work on our behalf. And I pray you would take that that new freshness in our heart about the gospel and our own adoption spiritually, and you would, you would really transfer it to children, to families, to mothers that, uh, that need us, the body of Christ, to rise up. And in doing that, Lord, that you would uh, let us hear from you specifically at what steps we should take next. For, a, for an issue that is dear to your heart, the orphan and the widow and the stranger. We love you. We're grateful for your word that tells us what is true, what is right, what is good. And we can follow that very tangibly. We love you. And everyone said, amen.